Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Josh Davis filling in for Pastor Brad Davis on today's program. It's my joy and privilege to get to be with you. I'm excited to let you know that my brand new book, Rise of the One World Mind, will be available very soon from SWRC. And here at Antioch, we're going to be hosting the Prophecy in the News live event on March 8th and 9th. It'd be a great opportunity to come and hear about it, but also to pick up a copy of it. If you'd like to have a copy of it, it'll be here at that Tri-Cities Conference. So I want to extend a personal invitation to you. This seems a little bit weird for me to say, but it's from Antioch Baptist Church, and it's also from Southwest Radio Ministry, two ministries that the Lord has enabled me to serve with, and to God be the glory. I'm excited for this. This is a special opportunity for me and for our church to host Southwest Radio Ministries and to host you. We would love for you to come and be a part of this special weekend, March 8th and 9th. On today's program, I want to unpack for you just briefly some of the highlights of the book and help you to understand what's this book about, what's this a study of, how can we understand these kinds of things. There is a landing page set up, and you could go to riseoftheoneworldmind.com. That's riseoftheoneworldmind.com and pre-order the book. It'll very soon be available for you to order. But like I said, it'll be at the conference, and you can pick up a copy there. And you know, the Bible told us thousands of years ago through prophecy what the world system would look like during the period of the Great Tribulation. Uh, the global agenda for the end times, if you will. There's going to be a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world system of worship. And by the way, I prefer the word worship over one-world religion. If you ask the average man on the street, are you religious? They'll say, nope, not really. That stuff's not for me. Are you spiritual? Yeah, I am. I think a lot about the spiritual realm of things. I think about the higher beings, you know, so people would much rather prefer to identify as spiritual than they would religious. So that's why I chose the word one world worship. Everyone worships something or someone. It may be themselves. It may be some other object, maybe some other religion or whatever the case may be, some spirit being. But everybody worships something or someone. So how are these mindsets taking root in our world today? That's really what the book wants to open our eyes to. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. And that's really step one in the whole process is opening your eyes. And how is the biblical end time scenario being unfolded before our very eyes? How is the stage being set for these things? But opening our eyes to the reality of what's happening around us is only the first step. It's an important step. I'm not trying to belittle it, but it's the first step. We've got to go beyond that. How can we be prepared to face those things? Uh, what has God said in His Word? Do we Should we live in fear? Should we be anxious? Should we be worried about what's unfolding before us? Uh, should we, you know, uh, what, how should we respond? Sometimes I hear messages and 
and preachers are encouraging us to open our eyes to things that's happening around us or to get involved. But sometimes we don't offer those practical suggestions to help people to see what are some practical steps that I can take to implement this in my daily life right here, right now. So that's an important uh, part of my responsibility, I feel like, as a preacher and as a teacher of God's Word to impart some of those kinds of things to you. Now, I'll admit, and I know that other preachers feel the same way, ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the one who knows how to best apply God's Word to your life. But for those of us who are pastors and who are preachers, let me offer this word of warning, this word of caution that doesn't excuse us from thinking through the applications. We need to be thinking about how can we practically apply these things to our own lives. And this doesn't just apply for preachers, not just for Bible teachers, Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, whatever the case may be. No, this applies to all Christians, because if we just think through What does the text say? What does the text mean? But we never apply it to our lives and our unique situations. We're doing ourselves a disservice. And so as pastors and teachers, just saying the Holy Spirit's going to apply this to hearts, or I've sometimes heard this from the pulpit, may the Holy Spirit take these words and apply them to your heart. I know what's meant by that, and I'm not degrading that phrase, because the Holy Spirit ultimately does that. There's been times when I have preached a sermon And I didn't even touch on a particular topic. I was trying to be practical. I was trying to give some applications, but I didn't even mention a certain area. And people would walk up to me after the sermon and and say things like, you know what? God was speaking to my heart about this and about that. I was like, I didn't even speak about that. I didn't even mention that. What happened? The Holy Spirit took it and applied it to their hearts. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit does that. But getting back to my larger point is simply this, that I wanted to offer some practical steps. How can we take some steps forward? What does God have for us? What can we do right here, right now? What should we do right here, right now? And that's why I put Rise of the One World Mind together the way that I did. Yes, we open our eyes to the things that's happening But ultimately, we've got to fix our eyes on the Lord. We've got to look to Him. There are some crazy things happening in our world. When you consider groups like the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and all their dastardly and Marxist plans, and I think I use those words on purpose because it is very devious. Now, I know that perhaps the people involved with the United Nations aren't dastardly, not 100%. In other words, they're not intentionally hurting this earth. They're doing what they feel is best for planet Earth. But ultimately, it's terrible and I think a devilish plan when you peel back the curtain and you begin to see the Marxism that's embedded in their solutions. And all the solutions have a communistic 
Marxist uh, philosophy to them. When you're talking about the United Nations, when you're talking about the World Economic Forum, there's people like Yuval Noah Harari who says that, you know, that there needs to be this massive state that's taking care of these people. He preaches a message of globalism and, uh, and certainly not in a Christian context when I say the word preach. I hope that you understand that he is anything but a Christian. In fact, he has had some terrible things to say about Christianity and about the Bible. He, he thinks that we can use AI technology to eventually write a religious book that is correct. And he said something very close to that not too awful long ago. That can you imagine us having a religious text that's actually correct and accurate? AI could provide that kind of thing for us. Isn't that crazy to think about? But as he preaches this message of globalism, this message of uh, trying to take care of people through Marxist means, socialism, communism, he is saying things like, you know, we have this useless class of people. Now, some people twist what he says a little bit. I don't think he's ultimately saying that all these useless people ought to be killed off. Although there are some who probably think that way. But it seems like from what I've read of his that he was saying that you take these farmers and when technology came in that took them out of the farm business, they went to work in Detroit, perhaps at some automaker, and then technology began to replace that job. And so they went to work somewhere else. And technology is taking over some of those other jobs as well. And so there's this whole group of people that are getting pushed off of jobs because of technology that is emerging. And his argument is that there needs to be this great massive welfare program that's taking care of all these people because they're not going to have the ability to work because technology is going to push them out of the job market altogether. That's his prediction. Whether or not he's right remains to be seen. But when you're talking about the World Economic Forum and the United Nations, Harari, all these other actors on these world stages, these globalists, then we're thinking about these kinds of concepts and how they want our world to go and the Marxist principles that are driving them. And I believe that over the next seven years, as we approach the year 2030, we're going to see a greater push for Marxism and for communism, perhaps on the world stage like we've never seen before. And our university campuses, that message is proclaimed and young people by the droves are buying into the socialistic and Marxist and communistic ideas and philosophies because that's what they're being taught. And they're buying it hook, line, and sinker, thinking that's the best way. What's going to happen in a few years when those students enter the marketplace and they become the leaders? And over these next seven years, are those investments in the education of young people for the last several years now going to begin to pay dividends in how people uh, respond and what people think and what people say? We're just going to have to keep our eyes open to these things, and we need to be aware of them. But the study in Rise of the One World Mind, my new book, is not just about the march of globalism and how we see these things coming onto the world stage. It, it, I, I want to offer hope instead of fear. I want to offer faith uh, 
instead of anxiety. And I believe that we can have faith. We can have hope. We can have peace right here, right now, where we are. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm discussing my latest book, Rise of the One World Mind. You can check out riseoftheoneworldmind.com. You can also visit swrc.com and search for Rise of the One World Mind, and you can pre-order a copy of that. I do want to take just a second before I move on to some of the more positive aspects of the book and the solutions that I offer, the hope that I was just speaking about. I want to take just a second and remind you and invite you to the Prophecy in the News live event coming up Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th, right here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Our church is very easily found. We're right off of Exit 7 of Interstate 81, just behind Bojangles Restaurant. Very easy to find, very easy to access, all one level, no stairs, fully handicapped accessible uh, in all the spaces of our church building and uh, restroom facilities, etc. And so we would love to have you come and be with us. Again, that's Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th. If you go to swrc.com and you click on events and you click on the Tri-Cities event, you will be able to find the full schedule of speakers. And over those two days, we'll have at least seven or eight different speakers, including William Federer. He'll be here Friday. He's scheduled to speak around five. Again, the full schedule of speakers, when they're speaking, what they're speaking about is available at swrc.com. Click on events, click on the Tri-Cities event, and you can pull up the whole schedule there. And you can register at the door, but it's very helpful. If you'd register in advance, you can do that on the website right there where I was speaking about. But also you can call SWRC at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tell them that you'd like to register for the Tri-Cities Prophecy in the News live event. William J. Federer will be here. Dr. Kenneth Hill will be here. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be here. <laughs> Mark Lindstead, Greg Patton, Larry Stam, Clayton Van Hus, Micah Van Hus. And we would love to see you again. It's Friday, March the 8th and Saturday, March the 9th. Doors open at 8 a.m. both days. The first ses- sessions will begin around 9 a.m. and will run all throughout the day. The last session of each day is scheduled to begin around 5.15 p.m., And so we are looking forward to two full days. And it's not just about the presentations. It's not just about the discussions that are happening on stage. But it's about the conversations. It's about the fellowship. It's about coming together to grow in the Lord and to know Him. So I encourage you to come. I encourage you to help us by inviting somebody to come with you. Again, registration is free. And you can take care of that right now if you go to the website, swrc.com. Now, I also want to invite you to a couple other special events that's happening here at Antioch very soon. And it's things we want to make you aware of and want to invite you to. We have Karen Peck and New River coming to sing on Sunday, March the 17th at 5 p.m. Again, Karen Peck and New River right here at Antioch Baptist Church, Sunday, March 17th at 5 p.m. 
You can find out more information on our church website, AntiochBristol.com. That's AntiochBristol.com. And then in April, Triumphant Quartet will be singing. That's right, Triumphant Quartet right here at Antioch on Thursday, April the 18th at 7 p.m. Again, that's Thursday, April 18th, 7 p.m. More information is available at AntiochBristol.com. You can call the church for more information, 276-669-4030. For both of these singings, no tickets are needed, no reservations are needed. Doors will open one hour before the singing begins. A love offering will be received for both of those concerts. And so we're looking forward to just some great nights of worship. And we extend an invitation to you to come worship the Lord Jesus Christ together with us. So that's a couple of very special events that's happening here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia, very soon. And we extend that invitation to you to come to any and all of these events. Now let's get back to what I was saying earlier and some of the more positive aspects of this book. I I talked about the dark things, the things in this world that sometimes we'd rather just ignore. As Christians, we have a responsibility not to ignore those things, but to open our eyes to the reality of what's happening before us. A few years ago, that's where I was. I was ignoring these things because I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want my mind to go there for whatever reason. I just was largely perhaps disinterested or I felt like it wasn't very important until I began to study these things out for myself. And I realized, man, these things are so important. Look at how our world is moving in this direction right now. What's this world going to be like if we don't take a stand right here, right now. And so God has left us here in this world with a purpose in mind and for a purpose. I believe that we are here for such a time as this. And I firmly believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And I've got scriptures and verses to verify that, to back it up. I'm not going to get into all of that today. But I'm just saying that until this, until the time between where we are right now and when the rapture happens, only God knows how long that is. It could be five seconds. It could be five minutes. It could be five days, five years, 500 years. Although I don't think it'd be 500 years, but I'm not a date setter and all this is in the hands of God. But what you see happening in our world today, it feels like the time is very close. And again, it's only in God's hands. But what do we do until the rapture occurs? Does God have anything for us to do right here, right now? Are we just supposed to sit back and stare up into heaven and say, Okay, God, I'm ready. Come and get me. I'm ready. Come and get me. It's like we're playing some kind of game of hide and seek with God. And, you know, we're waiting for God to say, Ready or not, here I come. Yes, Lord, come get me quickly. I'm ready to go. And we do long to be with the Lord. Yes, Certainly. Don't get me wrong. I long to be with the Lord forever in that place called heaven and in the eternal state. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be magnificent. Yes, we long for those things. But God has something for us right here, right now, more than just sitting down, looking up into the sky, saying, come and get me, Lord. Come and get me. Come and get me. I'm ready for the rapture. We need to be ready. But God has a responsibility for us that we need to be focused on right now. 
You know, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it really unpacks a lot of these things. I've got a whole chapter where I walk through that important passage of Scripture. I believe it's so timely for us as the church right here, right now. It begins with, uh, in the last days, perilous times will come. And then it begins to unfold why the perilous times will come. And uh, then it begins to offer some solutions. And along the way in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And many people point to that verse and say, see, this is such a timely verse. This is telling us what's happening right now. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But what does the very next verse say? It encourages us, continue but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. And so God wants us to continue standing for the faith, continue faithfully following the Lord Jesus Christ, continue faithfully following godly examples who have put forward Christian truth and who are showing forth great Christian examples to walk in His light and to shine His light to all those around us. Then you get to the end of 2 Timothy chapter 3, and you see verse 16 and 17. And many people know 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And we can rattle off some of those verses if we've memorized them in other years. And we can remember these concepts and some of these things that's happening and uh, have that in our mind. But why is 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17 where it is in the Bible? Why does it occur in that particular context? I think there's a great clue for us in that. It's because God is giving us a solution right there in that chapter for the perilous times that we live in. And what does it say in verse 1 of that chapter? In the last days, perilous times shall come. Then the chapter unfolds for us how to live in light of that, how to respond to it. And then it tells us all Scripture is inspired of God. It's, sometimes we look at that verse as it's disjointed. And we talk about it in terms of how it applies to the inspiration of Scripture, which it certainly, certainly, certainly does. And I believe wholeheartedly in the inspiration of Scripture. But it's like we divorce that verse from its context. And we talk about it as if it's the verse on uh, the inspiration of Scripture, but we don't see it in its fuller context, which is to guide us through the perilous times. It's given for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, that word of God, the scriptures, navigate us through the perilous times. God has given us his word for such a time as this, and we need to rely on it. We need to learn it. We need to hide it in our hearts. We need to walk in his word. And I'm convinced that some of the best known stories that our kids learn in Sunday school, I'm talking about Daniel in the den of lions. I'm talking about David versus Goliath. I'm talking about Moses at the burning bush. I have found such great insight 
and comfort and strength and encouragement through studying some of these most familiar passages of Scripture and the lessons that we can learn from them that help us to navigate how do we take a stand during these days. And even in those simple stories that come from the Word of God, and I call them simple because we learn them as kids, and if you grew up in church, you grew up hearing about Daniel in the den of lions. You grew up hearing about David versus Goliath. Even the secular world talks about David versus Goliath. The sports world loves that one. The underdog, David versus Goliath. And yet we miss some of the great important spiritual lessons that we can glean from these passages. And so I use them as examples and try to glean from them to help us to learn how to stand. Again, the book is called Rise of the One World Mind. You can go to riseoftheoneworldmind.com, find out more information about it. You can pre-order a copy. Of course, if you're going to be here March 8th and 9th at the Prophecy in the News live event at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia, you can pick up a copy of Person in person, excuse me, and I'll be glad to chat with you more and more about the book and explain anything else to you there about it. And I look forward to joining several other ministry colleagues here for that special event. And again, I want to just extend my personal invitation to you on behalf of Antioch Baptist Church, on behalf of SWRC, to come to the Prophecy in the News live event March 8th and 9th right here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. As I said a few minutes ago, it's right off of Exit 7, easily accessible, and we would love to see you here. For that, you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144 or by going to swrc.com. Click on Events. Click on the Tri-Cities event. You'll see the full schedule there, who's speaking, what they're speaking about, when they're speaking, and you can register right there on the website. Registration is free. You can register the day of, but it's so very helpful and so very crucial that you pre-register for this live event, and we are looking forward to it. But I've got so much more in the book, and, and I just want to call people in the few minutes that we have remaining in our time together today. I want to call you to remember. That's the last chapter of the book. It's about remembering. You know, we're, we are so prone to forget what we should remember, and to remember what we should forget. And we need to remember eternity. We need to remember this world is not our home. And are we prepared for eternity? All of us are going to spend eternity somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. And dear friend, the heart behind Rise of the One World Mind is to make sure that you know that you're ready for eternity and that you know that Jesus is your Savior. Jesus could come any day. The rapture could occur any day. The church could go out of here, and that would set in motion the great tribulation and the unfolding of events. Everything is in place right now. The technology is here. Everything is in place that is needed to fulfill the prophecies for those things. But you need to be ready. You need to be spiritually ready for that time. You don't want to be here on earth during the Great Tribulation. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be the worst time the world has ever seen. I mean, you thought COVID was bad? That's going to be a walk in the park compared to what's going to happen as the Great Tribulation begins to unfold. And it may seem at first like things are going well pretty okay. 
it may seem like things are heading in the right direction, then it's like flipping a switch. Things are going to be terrible. Millions of people are going to die and lose their lives during that time. As I said, it's going to be the most horrendous time this world has ever seen. And then will come the second coming. And we'll all stand before God. Those who do not know Jesus as their Savior will have to stand before Him at the great white throne judgment. And they will be cast into the place called hell forever and forever. And how sad that is. I do not want to see anyone go there. Neither does God. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9 that God isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we need to remember eternity. And friend, I just implore you right now, call upon Jesus right where you are. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, to be your Savior. He has said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He won't turn you away. He won't ignore you. He will answer that prayer. When you repent of your sins, you ask him to forgive you of your sins, and you say, yes, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again and I receive your gift of salvation. Remember eternity. And friends, I want to encourage you to remember heaven. Oh yes, this world is not our home. We're headed to a better place. God has prepared it for us, and we've got to remember Jesus. As it says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus as you navigate these perilous times that we live in. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.